Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. This is the Unsportsmanlike podcast on ESPN Radio. It is Unsportsmanlike here on ESPN Radio with Evan Canty and Michelle coming to you live from the seaport. Brought to you by Patron. Perfection starts with Patron. That was a clip from our day one, our very first day, which was September 5th, I want to say, 2023. That feels like at least seven years ago. It does. That feels like such a long time ago. By the way, Mm -hmm. before we get back into the football, uh, sad note in baseball yesterday, Mm -hmm. Hall of Famer Brooks Robinson passed away at 86 years old. He retired in 1977. For those who are not familiar with him, he was literally known as a human vacuum and the best defensive third baseman of all time. You can just drop the defensive part, the best third baseman of all time. Mike Schmidt may have an argument on that. But yeah, I mean, there's certainly it's those two, right? We would look at 18 time All Star, 1964 MVP, 16 straight Gold Gloves, uh, Gold Glove awards. I mean, just ridiculous, ridiculous yeah. to win one, and he won 16 straight. Mr. Oriole and people around baseball absolutely loving him. And you know, it's not apples to apples. One is a passing, but I'm just talking about reaction. It's like when Nick Chubb got hurt with the Cleveland Browns. You saw so many people in and around the NFL say such amazing things about him mm-hmm. and nobody had a story of well you know whatever it is this is somebody passing away i'm not comparing the two i'm just comparing the reactions of the love and the outpouring of support that brooks robinson one of the most loved players around baseball and jay reynolds sports center all night on before us told an amazing story that there was an es it's a, it was a long one it was great there was an espn charity softball or baseball game in 1999 and brooks robinson was one of the people involved in the game and I guess the, some of the members of the ESPN family at the time thought that Brooks Robinson was there to kind of sign autographs and be like the celebrity at the game. He managed the ESPN team. <laughs> he actually was the manager That's of cool. the ESPN team. That's so cool. they were being managed by oh my Brooks Robinson. And Scott Van Pelt told an amazing story on his social uh, last night about this. I will get this uh, quickly for everybody because at not the fake SVP, who, of course, is a, a, a you know Maryland area, Baltimore guy, D.C. guy. And Scott's story was awesome. He said, long Brooks Robinson story, I believe I told on radio. When the Orioles played at Memorial Stadium, the PA announcer was named Rex Barney. When a fan made a great catch of a foul ball, he'd say, give that fan a contract at a game with my dad. And Brooks fouls off a pitch. Dad makes a leaping catch. Everyone cheers. Rex does his thing. I'm over the moon. I got a Brooks Robinson foul ball. Can't believe it. Next day at school, I tell everyone. Obviously, after school, we have to play catch with this ball. Obviously, I figure I can throw a major league curveball with it. I can't. I throw it low. My friend can't catch it. Now is when I mentioned we lived at the top of a hill. Ball rolls down the street and into a sewer. The Brooks ball is gone. I never told my dad when he was alive. I always look up at the sky at this point and say, sorry about that, Pop. I tell the story decades later at a charity event in Baltimore. Turns out a man in our table did some work with Brooks. A week later, a box arrives at my house with this note. Hope this makes up for the one that got away, Brooks. 
Indeed it did, Brooks. What a man. And Scott put out the picture of the autographed baseball from Brooks Robinson. What a story. Multiple people with stories like that coming out. And, of course, condolences to his family and the Orioles family uh, with the passing of, of Brooks Robinson yesterday. Absolutely. He is such an icon, such a legend. It reminds me everything you're saying, Evan, as a girl from St. Louis when Stan Musial passed away, where this is someone that is so ingrained in the organization and is such a face of a franchise even long after that they stopped playing. And beyond that, is so gracious to the fan base. And it seems like everybody has a story about Brooks Robinson on the field and off the field as well. And it's a huge loss for the baseball community. And your current third baseman, I'm not comparing the two, but Nolan Arenado with the Cardinals has that ability to have that kind of lengthy, iconic career. Not to the level of Brooks Robinson, but I think he's awesome. Obviously, the Cardinals have not been this year. But when you think about great third baseman, obviously, um, you know, we think about Mike Schmidt. A-Rod obviously moved over there and it's an all-time great. I don't care what the Hall of Fame says. A-Rod's amazing but mm-hmm. you know none like Brooks Robinson an interesting night in baseball last night because you saw the Brewers clinched and yet they clinched in a loss against your Cardinals but they clinched because of a moment that I know made you smile Smalls which is the Cubs error in the outfield but uh, they were they were winning by I think it was 6-1 they were down uh, they were up 6-0 or something, whatever it was mm-hmm. a drop ball in right field mm-hmm. right center field creates this whole run for the Braves and then the Brewers win the division as a result of the Cubs losing last night. Yeah, the Braves overcome a six-run deficit, and has the Cardinals beat the Brewers. Somehow, the Cubs find a way to beat themselves, and they're eliminated from the NL Central race. But I have to tell you guys, shout out to my friends in Chicago who are Cubs fans. They waited a long time for that World Series. After it happened, it's almost like they didn't know what to do with themselves. They didn't know how to handle success that had been eluding them for so long. This makes me feel like all is right in the world, right? Like I grew up in a world where the Cubs were completely useless by September. And it feels good to me to see the Cubs somehow revert back to that. I'm not hating on Chicago, not hating on the Cubs, but I don't know. As a Cardinals fan, I like a world where the Cubs are the lovable losers. Well, I mean, <laughs> sure, last night. I mean, they're still potentially going to be in the playoffs. They're better than the Cardinals this year. Right, no and they're potentially going to be in the playoffs. But I'll, I'll just say one thing, because I believe that baseball is not the same as it was when we were growing up. I believe it's way more regionalized. And I've had this take for a while, and I think it's something that you know people may agree or disagree on this. But I believe that the course of the history of baseball was actually hurt, and the interest in the sport was hurt by both the Red Sox and the Cubs winning the World Series. Could not agree more. That the chase of the lovable mm-hmm. loser mentality yep. for both of them, by the fact that not only did the Red Sox win, they became a dominant franchise. Absolutely. And the Cubs won in 2016. They're going to be back in the mix this year. They're now considered more good than bad. Yes. That I actually think it hurt baseball that the Red Sox and Cubs won because there was a unique lore that could tie people together to root for these underdogs, these lovable losers that had not won in forever, that I think that concept, them winning, while it was amazing in the moment, I actually think hurt the sport long term. Because it's one of those things that anybody can pay attention to, whether you're a baseball fan, a Cubs fan, or just a sports fan in general. This franchise that has found ways to lose in the most dramatic and improbable ways and there's the the curse aspect to it. I, I couldn't agree more. I was happy for my friends in Chicago that that finally happened. It was an amazing way that it all played out with the rain delay, et cetera. Shout out to Jason Hayward for the rain delay speech. But I think baseball lost a little something when the when the Cubs won the World Series. I would say that the strike in 94 was when baseball had a hard time being able to get off the mat in terms of becoming America's pastime. When you cancel the World Series, that means that what, what are we playing for, actually? I think that's when a lot of other 
sports started to rise to prominence. The NFL and the removal of free agency happened around that time. The NBA, Michael Jordan. I just thought that was a time where baseball lost a ton of momentum. I hear what you guys are talking about, but to me, the the interest and and it becoming much more regionalized as opposed to a national topic when we start talking about sports, that's when it started to shift for baseball. The only counter to that the, is the, the home run chase. Yeah, yeah, the home run chase. I mean, that was the peak but, of the sport. But, but what did they say to that? They said that was the time that brought baseball back Correct. You're to right. the national forefront when it came to conversations around sports. But it did other come than, back. Other than that, that's it. That's it. The only other national conversations we have around baseball – was the steroid era. By the way, that you know, was it. You know what's funny, which ties into what we're talking about now, what's interesting about this? In some ways, it takes me back to the Cowboys. The Cowboys won so much historically, but the last 20 years, them not winning, I do wonder if they're ever to win a Super Bowl again under Jerry Jones, if it actually takes some of the interest away, because we're all kind of looking at them and at times laughing and ridiculing them. Not that the Cowboys will ever not be the number one team. Yeah. I understand that. But there is a there's a connection that all fans seem to have with the Cowboys as we're all kind of hating on them at yes. times. And if they become really successful and actually win it all, how do we go about hating on them? And now there's a new thing that has popped up with the Cowboys. So Brian Schottenheimer is their offensive coordinator. His team is going up against the New England Patriots this week. The New England Patriots signed third-string quarterback Will Greer. Nothing with nothing story, right? Until Brian Schottenheimer says this. We're always aware of it. Um, you know, those are things that we monitor every week, but certainly we know Will knows where a lot of the bones are buried. Zeke obviously does as well. So those are things you talk about um, and you think about, okay, hey, let's adjust this one. Let's, we, we certainly have more than one hand signal for most of our core concepts. Uh, and sometimes, babe, as you know, you can use it to your advantage because they think that they know what's coming and they hear something they think, oh, hey, it's this, and we're smart enough to adjust those things. So, again, everybody does it. You get a player that's been somewhere, you bring them in, you talk to them about different things, uh, and then you're very selective about how much you put into it. And so, uh, again, excited to see Will. It would be great to see him, but uh, I'm sure he's definitely being interrogated and uh, uh, probably uh, spending a lot, of, a lot of late nights with their defensive coaching staff. With respect to what Shadi is talking about, it ain't easy to change up the signals and the calls when it's something that you've been doing for the last four or five months. You've been doing the same signals through OTAs, minicamp, training camp, and the early going of the regular season, calling things the same thing. To just switch that on the fly in a week ain't easy to do for players. So, I mean, there's a little more gymnastics when it comes to making those type of adjustments because you are worried about a player having inside information. Yeah, and reminder, he was on the Bengals in between the Cowboys and the Patriots, but it's a good point. Now, here's the thing. So the interrogation line is out there. Bill O'Brien, offense coordinator for the Patriots, responded to that yesterday. I think that's the way it is, you know, every week in this league, every year in this league, you know. You know, there's going to be guys that come into your organization off of teams that you're about to play, and it goes both ways. You know, there's it's always going to happen. So, um, you know, I don't think that really, at the end of the day, you got to study the film. Everybody's got to be on the same page with what we're doing. You know, I don't think – I've never thought in my years in the league that any of that was a real overriding factor in a win or a loss. It comes down to the to the players on the field and the coaches putting the players in the right positions to make plays and you know that's what we're trying to do. I don't think we're trying to hold a light over anybody and you know you know tell me what you you did on you know July 20th of 2023. We're not doing that. We're not interrogating anybody. We're just trying to put together the best game plan we possibly can. 
All right, CC. before we tell everybody about how they can get tickets to that game with Vivid Seats with the Cowboys <laughs> and the Patriots, something or nothing here. When a guy is on one practice squad or one team the year before, the week before, whatever it may be, and he joins another team leading into that game, something or nothing? No, it is something because it gives you an opportunity for a competitive advantage to have a little bit of insight as to what teams like to do from a scheme standpoint, from a personnel standpoint. That could be the difference in making those small game-changing plays. And we know that the margin for error is razor thin week to week in the NFL. That's why the average margin of victory is usually around three points. Like, it's a hard league to win in. And if you can give yourself a little more intel that can help you make one of those – make that can be the difference in making one of those plays, then, yeah, it's absolutely something. Now, that being said, everybody around the National Football League does it. I know we pay a lot of attention to the Patriots because they've – been caught a couple of times stepping over those lines, their habitual line steppers. Allegedly. But, but well, it's not allegedly. I mean, Deflate Gate and Spike Gate actually happened. The there was enough evidence. But all I'm simply saying is this everybody in the league does it. Everybody tries to get a competitive advantage, whether it's fair or unfair. I played for three different teams in the league, and one of the teams that I was on actually had practice film of the squad that we were playing. The week before the game, so I was I was so I was actually watching the team practice and prepare for our defense the week before the game. Like we actually had that, and we were watching it. So it happens; it's rampant around the league. It's just that the Patriots are the ones that get called out for it the most because they've had the most success over the last two decades with Bill Belichick. They've won six rings. Everybody is going to shoot at whoever's at the top of the mountain. I think like the, the criticism and the extra attention because of this Will Greer move is something that's unique to the Patriots because of how successful they've been. Everyone might be doing it, but no one uses it to their advantage more and has more success doing it than the New England Patriots. And that's why it's a headline. And it will continue to be a headline as long as Bill Belichick's the head coach. I'm going to start singing Gin Blossoms. Hey, Jealousy. That's what you just did. Yeah, I just went there. That's, you're just jealous. You are jealous. Come on now. Yeah, I'm sure the St. Louis Rams would love to have that Super Bowl back. Well, you should have won the game. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. Have you ridden an electric e-bike yet? You need to check out Electric e-bikes today, the number one selling e-bike in America. Two things stand out that bikers love about electric. Number one, the majority of their models come pre-assembled, so you don't need to be a bike savant to ride them. Number two, Electric wants to empower riders to spend more time exploring outside on their bikes, so they've made range a priority. Long-range batteries allow riders to hit typically around 65 miles of range or up to 150 miles on some models. Bonus! Electric has purposefully priced their bikes to be affordably awesome, so you don't have to break the bank to get these sweet rides. See why people who have made the switch to electric bikes have fallen in love with biking again by visiting electricebikes.com. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C ebikes.com. This is the Unsportsmanlike Podcast on ESPN Radio. All of us are afraid to sing now. Whoa. That's how Rough Riders roll. Stop. Drop. Shut them down. Open up shop. 
Oh. Oh. That's all. <laughs> now they're going to take that, clearly. Yes. Yeah, so just go, like, hey, go ahead and bring us in now. You ruined it. You like found a way to ruin it. No, I found he a way found, to He make, found a way to ruin it, Smalls. We, it was cool. Yeah, it, it was, was cool. We had a moment, and then he cool. just, you know. He uh, found, you want to make he a bet? He evident. It. He evident. It. It. It's a verb now. It's not just his name. If Pat's good, which I don't know that he is, we're going to find out. Me barking just now will now be used against me in the court of law. It'll be it a disaster. Be. It'll it should be an be. absolute disaster. You call that barking? It's absolutely awful. Oh. Whatever I just did. It's actually Whatever growling, I just but did. yeah, yeah. That, that's cool. <laughs> it, it is unsportsmanlike on ESPN Radio, presented by Progressive Insurance. You can watch us on ESPNU. You can listen to us on the ESPN app, Sirius XM80, and all of our great stations all across the country, um, including in Denver, ESPN Radio out there. I went on with Schlereth and Evans the other day, so shout out to them. Um, and I know that they, they asked me about Dion and talked to me about the Colorado situation and how mm-hmm. exciting it is. But Dion obviously has heard so many haters and doubters so far this season. Let's take a listen to what Primetime had to say. It's about us. Um, everywhere we go, even in your darn families, you're going to have detractors. You're going to have naysayers. You're going to have doubters. Even in your darn family. And you guys are all shaking my head and shaking your heads like, yeah, yeah, my aunt, she ain't no good. <laughs> yeah, I know my sister ain't here. Yeah, she's ignorant. Uh, you, you know I'm telling the truth. That's because it's going to be like that. God would always allow somebody to be in your path that, that have a disdain or dislike for you. It's up to you to keep going. I don't stop. I keep going. I don't have stop in me. Not whatsoever, man. So let's talk about the family part first. People rooting against you and your family. That sounds like it's a bold statement until you've experienced it. <laughs> Cece and I. Um, yeah, Cece, you want to kick us off on that one? Why do, you, why do I have to kick All us right, off All right, I'll kick us that? off. Yeah, yeah there, you, you've got There's it, definitely yeah. people in my family that are not happy with any level of success. No question. What would yeah. you do to them? Well, we don't have enough He became time. successful. That's it? His success Full took a shot? shot at him. Yeah, that's what it is. No, I'm going to blame my line son. from American Gangster. Yeah, his success took a shot at him. Mm. There are people in his family that are praying for his downfall. It happens. Yeah, I'm going to blame my sister. Uh, <laughs> wow. No, this in a good way. My sister and I are amazing. extremely close. But my sister also is a psychologist, therapist. She works with children. She has a great job. But there was one point in my life where she said, like, if people are not bringing you up, they don't need to be with you forever. Like, they don't need to be in your life for the entire time. Tyler Perry has something that's brilliant, I think, with the rocket ship example, yeah. where he talks about a rocket ship, and as you're going up, there's parts of the rocket ship that fall off, Yeah. Mm-hmm. right? So I've kind of l- listened to that and, and taken that approach of like, okay, well, if I get to this next step and this person doesn't bring the best out of me or I don't bring the best out of them, we don't have to go together to that. Yeah, but so you can't wave Dion. or cut family members, though. <laughs> you can't do that. I don't believe in blood They're that way. Family. I'm just saying. <laughs> They've cut you. You're, you're the one who said yeah, it, too. Yeah, yeah, sometimes your family cuts you that's just a part of what happens in a family but don't you think it's a more my family puts the fun in dysfunctional (laughs) but don't you think it's a more important relationship and a better thing that your wife mel who you've talked about many times in the air you guys chose each other right you didn't choose your mom dad brother sister whatever it may be cousins yeah we laugh about it all the time we wish you could draft your family but that's not the case well that's exactly what Dion's saying and i think he's right that there are going to be doubters and haters out there even with the success I've had the ignorant thought, and I understand that it's ignorant, of like, what is there to hate? And I know, Smalls, you've said everyone in college football should look at this guy and say, good, this is great. But they don't look at him that way. It's so confusing to me, unless you're jealous of what he's been able to do in a short period of time. I know he's coming off a loss, but I don't think that 
to use your analogy in the rocket ship, that the rocket ship of Dion in Colorado is going to slow down or come back to Earth anytime soon. He's only going to continue to find a way to beat college football at its own self-imposed rules and games. He is going to have success, and he's going to maintain the relevancy that he's created. I don't understand why people are mad at him. He is not instigating any of this trash talk. Mm -hmm. He's not saying anything negative about the opposition. He's doing nothing but focus on his players and focus on his own program. And he's doing it in a fun way. He's brought entertainment to college football. He's brought pop culture to college football. We have Lil Wayne leading Colorado out of the tunnel onto the field. And I think people are upset that he was able to make a one-win Colorado program relevant in such a short amount of time. And all those people that are hating on Coach Prime, if all of a sudden he was the head coach of their program and brought this much swag and this much early success and entertainment to their team, they would love him. They would absolutely love him. Let's be clear about the people that are hating on Coach Prime. It's not the coaches because Dan Lanning just said it after the game. He said Coach Prime is great for college football and if – you, you think otherwise, then you don't know what you're talking about. And all of He's these right. coaches, all of these coaches yeah, are clout chasing off of Deion Sanders with the pregame speech that Dan Lanning and Oregon put out there for public consumption for his viral moment. Jay Norvell with the sunglasses. All of those coaches have acknowledged in their own individual ways why Coach Prime is good for the sport. So I don't think it's coaches that are hating on him. I think it's the good people that feel like college football belongs to them that don't think that Deion Sanders, the way that he does things, the profile, the flash, and him being in an authoritative position is something that belongs in the sport. When you have someone that quite literally does it differently, that brings in 75 guys through the transport portal, it's going to offend some. When you have somebody that leans into NIL, when people don't believe amateur athletes deserve the opportunity to profit off a name, image, and likeness, it's going to bother them. When the coach has four or five different national campaigns, different commercials, brands that he's endorsing, it's going to bother him. When he makes $5 million in two weeks off of sunglasses, it's going to bother him. When he's wearing a gold chain over his sweatshirt during the game, it's going to bother him. When his son is driving around in a Rolls Royce truck and he's the quarterback, it's going to bother him. Again, these are things that make it uncomfortable, and I think there are some... Let me say dog whistles in some of the criticisms that we've given to Dion. There is a race component to all of this as well. And so with all of those different factors, I think it creates a situation where Dion becomes the most polarizing figure in all of college football. But I don't think there's any argument to be made about whether or not he's good for the sport. So if he's polarizing, how I look at it, so should Billy Bean, Eric Spolstra, and John Lynch. Let me explain. Billy Bean, general manager, Oakland A's. They have a movie, Moneyball, written about them. Obviously, Michael Lewis writes a book. They make the movie. What is the movie about? It's about finding value where others don't. It's about market inefficiencies. Eric Spolstra, head coach of the Miami Heat, should be credited with the concept of small ball. He has a great team with LeBron, Wade, and Bosh, and he's like, you know what? We don't need a true center. The market inefficiency is actually playing a guy at center, six foot eleven, Chris Bosh, who can stretch the floor and leave the middle of the floor open for those other two guys. I found value where others don't. John Lynch, general manager, San Francisco 49ers, finding value with the last pick in the draft to pay a quarterback 0.4% of your salary cap to make yourself into arguably the best team in the NFL. What Deion Sanders has done is the exact same. What he's done is I am going to find values with others where others don't. Others are going to be anti-NIL, legal, anti-transfer, legal. 
I am going to find the value where others don't. I'm going to find the market inefficiency, take advantage of it to my advantage, and it's going to work. And that's exactly what he did. That's the most polarizing part of him. He is not polarizing in anything he does. Everyone attacks him. He says nothing. He's Belichick and Saban-like in that regard. I think people want to make him to something he's not. He is a football coach. I'll be the first to admit it. I wondered coming in, is he actually going to coach the team? Or does he just want to be the, the front and center showman? Well, he's not front and center. He's not a showman. He is coaching the team. And he did exactly what Bean did, Spolstra did, and Lynch did. Where can I find value where others don't? Where are their market inefficiencies? And that's what he has done. Coming up, we respect it or check it. Next on Sportsmanlike ESPN Radio. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really... Who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. This is the Unsportsmanlike podcast on ESPN Radio. It is Unsportsmanlike here on ESPN Radio. Presented by Progressive Insurance, I am going to give Michelle Smallman, Chris Canty, me, Evan Cohen, I'm going to give you a take or question. You're going to have to say if you respect it or check it. By the way, some of the jersey submissions are coming in. The most <laughs> random jersey that you own. I've seen one from our buddy Aaron Goldhammer, ESPN Cleveland, saying that Tony Rizzo of ESPN Cleveland, really big show, at one point had a Jake Delhomme Browns jersey. Oh, that's a good Now one. I remember that Jake Delhomme played for the Browns. Right? Did not, that is a deep cut. Did not realize that prior to this. So, uh, And I see a return of Andrew tweets, Adam Caradio, at Unsports ESPN, at Chris Canty 99 at M. Smallman. Tim Biakabatuka, Carolina Panthers. That's another good one. That's another random cut. one. Another random one. All right, here we go. Yes, Mo. I was just saying, question with the jerseys. If you have the random jersey, when the player is gone, you hang on to it? I imagine a lot of people are giving those to Goodwill. I got a friend who only buys the jerseys when the player leaves because it's discounted. Oh, interesting. When he gets okay. like, oh, I got a Canty jersey. Now he's on another team. I'm going to get the old Canty jersey. All right, here we go. Canty's doing math. I see Absolutely. him on the calculator. Absolutely. I'm not, I got to be good at math. Oh, man. I'm, I gotta be, I'm, I'm not good at math, is. but there is math in the show. Okay. I'm not good at math, but there guess. is math in the this show. This is my gut feeling. Okay. What's up? First, respect it or check it is what he was doing the math on. Let's oh, see. no doubt. No doubt. Okay. Okay. No doubt. Right, here we go. We got the, answer. the first one. The Dolphins will set the NFL single season scoring record. Walk us through your answer and what the calculator was brought out for. I'm going to respect it. So the record is the 2013 Peyton Manning-led Denver Broncos 606 points in a regular season. They averaged what well, it would be over a 17-game season, 35 points a game. Right now, the Dolphins are averaging 43 points a game and on pace for 736. Now, they're not going to keep that up, but I think this is an outfit that's going to average well over 30 points a game. And if Tua stays healthy – it's the most dominant unit in the NFL. It might be the most dominant offense since the greatest show on turf. So I'm going to say they're going to break the record. I'm going to give it to them. 
I'm going to respect it too. They just put up 70 points on the Denver Broncos. And even if they can't sustain it, they're definitely going to be at least three, four touchdowns a game. And um, I don't think we see this outfit slowing down anytime soon. I'm going to respect it. Yeah, I'll check it just because it just never ends up that way. We just never have stuff end up that way. There's always some hiccup along the way. They have, you know, they hit the under this week because they scored the 70 last week. There's just always something. It's never been easier to score points, and it's hard for defensive backs to get their hands on wide receivers. And with this group of guys, if you don't get your hands on them, Good luck trying to stop them. They just that damn fast. Respect it or check it. The Colts are the best team in the AFC South. I got to check that. They're not the best team in the AFC South because Gardner Minshew right now is their quarterback. And when he's not, it's going to be a rookie. At some point, they're going to stumble. They're going to go through some more adversity. I would still say the Jacksonville Jaguars, based on the talent and the coaching, should be the best team in the AFC South. But right now, they're making me look bad. But I'm going to check it. The Colts ain't the best team in that division. So the Jacksonville Jaguars have the personnel to be the best team. But right now, they're not. Right now, I'm going to respect it. It is the Indianapolis Colts. They are the best team in the AFC South. They were competitive when they lost to the Jaguars. They've won two other games. They've done so without Jonathan Taylor. They're finding ways to win. They're a surprise best team in the division. But right now, you've got to respect it. Yeah, they're not the best team in the division. I I mean, I respect what they've done. I think it's an interesting thing they have going on because you could take their current starting quarterback and their intended starting running backs. That's Minshew and Jonathan Taylor. Trade them for value elsewhere and still be in the exact same spot that you would have been otherwise, which is an interesting thing that you can't say about a lot of teams. Why is that? Taylor's not playing. And Richardson is hurt. So Richardson's your guy. Minshew, I still think, I know CC and I disagree on this. I think he's better than CC does. I'd rather have him than Justin Fields or Zach Wilson right now. So I think that's something to keep an eye on. I think the Jaguars are going to figure this out. But speaking of the AFC South, Will Levis will be the Titans' starting quarterback, the rookie who, you know, puts mayonnaise and coffee and eats a banana with the peel on it. Uh, he will be the Titans' starting quarterback by November. Respect it or check it. I'm going to respect it, and I don't know if it's going to be him or Malik Willis, but it won't be Ryan Tannehill. You're a 35-year-old quarterback. If you're losing games with him, then you can lose with getting the young guys reps that they need in order to figure out whether or not those guys can be your long-term solution at quarterback. It makes no sense to not lose without a purpose, and that purpose would be getting more intel on the young quarterbacks that you have on the roster. Keeping uh, Continuing to trot Ryan Tannehill out there makes no sense, which is why I'm going to respect this one. I'm going to check it simply because they seem steadfast in their their position in starting Ryan Tannehill. How many times have we had this conversation about him? It's been multiple seasons. Week after week after week, we're wondering when – the Titans will move on from Ryan Tannehill, and they just haven't. So I'm going to check it simply because they seem dedicated to the cause. You know what? I was going to um, check it, but now I'm based on what Small said, I'm changing my answer to respect it. She's right. It's, this is not a new conversation about Ryan Tannehill. Why now are they all of a sudden going to bench him? Good point. I'm now on your side on that. Bears are the favorite to land Caleb Williams in next year's draft. Respect it. We're all respecting this. Yeah, one, you right? have to respect I mean, it. Yeah. Okay, let me then ask the follow-up. The Bears are the favorites to land Caleb Williams by way of their pick or the Panthers' pick? Their pick. I think their pick. Their pick. (laughs) I mean, right now the graphic is showing it. The Bears have a 22% chance of being able to get the first overall pick, which is better than anybody in football. Curiously enough, the Denver Broncos have a 21% chance in their second to get – to get the number one overall pick. So, yeah, I feel like those two teams, those three teams, will absolutely be in the quarterback market. It's crazy, though. The Bears are going to have two of the top five picks 
in the NFL if the draft were to start tomorrow? Cardinals may also. They get the Texans pick. The Texans look wow. better than we would have anticipated so far. And so yeah. are the Cardinals. Yeah. Cardinals may have actually screwed this whole thing up. I traded with the wrong team. Well, if they got a franchise quarterback and a stud pass rusher, I don't think they screwed anything up. No, the Texans didn't, but the Cardinals may have. Yeah, with that. Um, Respect it or check it. New Year, same old Cowboys. Respect it. I mean, listen, penalties, game management, red zone inefficiencies, quarterback turnovers. Stop me if we've heard that one before. Like, those are the reasons why you lost to the Niners in back-to-back postseasons. Those are the reasons why you're not going to beat good teams. You know why? Because good teams don't beat themselves. And the Cowboys continue to do that in different ways. And so you want to think things are going to be different because McCarthy has taken over not only um, the play-calling duties but more influence in terms of the overall structure of the offense. I just don't think it's going to matter. I think until you get to a point where it's a more disciplined team and the quarterback stops giving the ball away at the most inopportune times, it's going to be the same result. I'm going to respect it because I have been really 0 for 2 so far this season and thinking historically defunct teams were going to turn it around. I thought the Jets were going to be great. And yeah, they, <laughs> they suffered Aaron Rodgers. You get, you get no. an out on that. <laughs> no, no, because they shouldn't be this bad, even okay, without Aaron Rodgers. They should not. Be great. I thought they were going to be great. The Bears, I thought they were going to be great. So far, 0 for 2. I thought the Cowboys, I came out and said they were the best team in the NFL after two weeks. And what did uh, they do? They lose to the Arizona Cardinals, who have proven to be a tough out. But if you're a Super Bowl contender, you should not be losing to the Arizona Cardinals. So, you know what? When a team shows you who they are, historically believe them, I'm going to believe that the Dallas Cowboys are who we know them to be, and I am not believing in them anymore because I'm sick of being disappointed, guys. I really I'm am. checking it. I'm believing in the Cowboys. Wow. Maybe I'm wrong. By the way, Good there's luck. two things about the Dolphins we did not mention and respect it or check it. I want to get back to that. Their star wide receiver, Terry Kill. Um, there was an NFL Films video that went out there that he couldn't say the word camaraderie, mm. which, by the way, everyone has a word they can't say. I have to concentrate when I say two words, apricot and asterisk. What? I, have to, I, I don't know why. Apricot? I can't. He said asterisk. No, you said it wrong. Asterisk. That, it's asterisk. It's a very— Asterisk. Correct. Okay, so I asterisk. Have, everybody's asterisk. got that word. But he's, he's pronunciating every single syllable of the word. Yeah. Correct, because I have to think asterisk. about it. There's no words that you guys asterisk. think about like that you can't say because you could not say camaraderie. There's a word I can't spell. Oh, I, I, camaraderie is one of them. I can't spell any word. No, but an easy one that I, I always mess up is restaurant. I'm always, oh, I'm impossible. always having to autocorrect restaurant. Impossible. Also, you know, Tyreek Hill and the Dolphins' offense is flying right now, setting all kinds of records. It was weird yesterday, Tyreek Hill, you can search the internet, <laughs> talking about his post-NFL career. Very thinking, interesting game plan post-career. Thinking about wanting to become an actor. Um, yeah. so, uh, what kind? Um, that, well, like in, in a dramatic role, comedy, adult, adult actor. Oh, yeah. adult, adult actor. Adult. Yeah, that you would didn't be really genre. go around that. We were gonna play the game, and you just went right into that. No, no. I mean, <laughs> he wants to be is. a pizza delivery guy. He wants to be a cop. And he yeah, wants to play code word anchovies. Yeah, okay. <laughs> wants to play a lot of different <laughs> he roles. He just went right into that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'm over it. Next on Sportsman like ESPN Radio. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details.
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is the Unsportsmanlike podcast on ESPN Radio. This is Unsportsmanlike with Chris Canty, Evan Cohen, and Michelle Smallman. Bless you. I mean, it wasn't a bark or a growl. And it you was thought like I ruined between. it? <laughs> I told that you I didn't. The, man, that is terrible. Yeah. That is Hall of Shame. I mean, that is an embarrassment. <laughs> Let's focus our attention to one Pat Costello when we come to hating right now. Okay. It is on Sportsmanlike on ESPN Radio, presented by Progressive Insurance, along with Michelle Smolman, Chris Canty, Evan Cohen with you. Uh, before we hand it off to Greeny, can we play Greeny sound again before we do this? <laughs> before we hand it off to Greeny, who had the moment of the day yesterday mm-hmm. on ESPN Radio? Oh, yeah. Right? Sure. I mean, there's nothing that we did or Carlin versus Joe or Harry and Freddie and Freddie and Harry and Amber, Ian, Q. Jay Reynolds, nobody did something on ESPN Radio better than what Greeny did yesterday. Let's take a listen to that. Anything with nuts is funny, right? <laughs> like you can't – anything, anytime Fair. the word nuts is involved, it's funny. Like I'll never forget. when I, Back when I worked in Bristol, there was um, a little area in the calf where – the cafeteria, you know, where you would, you would get – uh, like snacks yep. to and put them in a plastic bag. When you came up, they would wave them, and that's how they would charge you. And one time, the guy behind the thing said to me, "Oh, Mr. Greenberg, you're gonna have to put your nuts on the scale." And I, <laughs> oh I, my gosh, I could not continue. Like I couldn't. I said to him, "How do you expect me to go back to work now? Like I'm supposed to host Sports Center tonight after you just told me to put my nuts on the scale? Like that's no human being, no human being could function through that." <laughs> Very I mean, odd. after this, I feel like we have to have Mike Greenberg interview Tyreek Hill about his post. I was going to say, very like, odd to just, think that Tyreek Hill works in the cafeteria. It feels like that has to happen For now, sure. doesn't it? For sure. Oh, boy. All right. So with <laughs> with that. Every, I just pictured, yeah. by the way, Greeny going to do his job after that and that running through his mind. That interaction running What's through his mind. What's the deal with it? Yeah. Uh, so now, Pat Costello, every single day. Finishes our show before we hand it off to the man who put his nuts on a scale in Greeny. <laughs> We're telling us what he's over. Pat hates everything yeah. about it. It's everything about everything, really. What did you hate the most today, Pat? I don't know. I'm supposed to follow that. Uh, <laughs> uh, Jimmy Butler complaining that it costs $145 to fill his Bugatti. Please stop complaining, Jimmy you? Butler. How dare you? How dare oh, you? Oh, no, you can't fill your Bugatti, Jimmy Butler. I'm so sorry, man. I hope you have a... But, but here's, the irony, here's the irony of that, though. Jimmy Butler uh-huh. has a... Here, here's, here's this guy. Uh, Keep can, talking. Can you figure out how to put it on first? No, I mean, I you got the Jimmy Butler jersey no, in the studio. No, I got the Haslam you jersey. Not, you got his Haslam jersey. Okay, talk about random jerseys that you own. But anyway, here's the thing I don't understand. He's complaining about filling up the Bugatti, which is a $2 million car. But then he's also got Big Face Coffee in which he's talking about having a cup of coffee that costs $100. Mm-hmm. Make up your damn mind. Is 100 bucks expensive or not, bro? Because if it's not, then don't complain about putting $145 in your damn Bugatti. Come on, Jimmy Butler. You know, I planned on breaking this out. Oh, boy. I planned on breaking this out when Dame arrived, which I don't know if it's actually going to happen. 
But this is for Pat Costello. Get this on camera. Let's go. My Udonis Haslam jersey. How dare you ever take shots to my heat? You know what it is? Again, Pat's jealousy. He wants Jimmy Butler on the Sixers, back on the Sixers. I don't think that's it. Jimmy Butler managed to be a coffee person and complain about something all at the same time while being incredibly rich. Listen, if you're going to buy the Bugatti, no one wants to hear you complain about the gas. No. Zip it. The TV show The Jersey Shore, I've been oh, yeah. seeing them a lot on Twitter recently. I just need it to go away. We're six seasons into like the reboot version. The The original version was barely okay, and the reboot version is just abysmal. Like I just need The Jersey Shore out of my life. I don't know who asked for that, Smalls. Who asked for the reboot to Jersey Shore? Clearly people are watching it or else yeah. they wouldn't keep doing it, but I don't understand who. Yes, it was funny in the beginning when they're young and they're GTLing it down at the shore, fist yeah. pumping. I don't want to see middle-aged people doing that. Yeah, if you're, it's in, not your, as entertaining if you're in your mid forties doing that, it's just sad at that point. But it's a great paycheck for them. Let's uh, continue I mean, to party guess, and guess, get paid for it. Uh, I guess pump. so. I guess so. But again, who's watching that? Who, who's asking for that? Well, you know, you, that's the content that they just did, and I don't know who asked for it. I don't want to name questions. names of shows, but when certain shows say this is the the America's favorite sitcom or whatever, I'm like, no one's watching this. Yeah, who's watching this? How is this still running? Well, that's the thing that I never understand because we get that in our world too. It's like, mm. oh, who's you know, you know, why you keep talking about the Cowboys? We keep talking about the Cowboys because people want to hear about the Cowboys, no doubt, right? You know, Hulu puts on the Kardashians. You know why? Because people watch that. So MTV has proven enough. Where clearly Pat Costello may be sick of it. We may not be watching, but someone's obviously watching the Jersey Shore. You know what I don't need is to see the cast of the Jersey Shore at the Jets game. So turn I, it off, Pat. I don't need them on the sidelines giving me a Jets chant. <laughs> it's just too much. Next. Speaking of which, this is the last one. I need Canty and Nuno to stop tying everything back to the Yankees and Giants all the time, especially the Yankees. Totally. It's getting out of hand. Stop it. I don't care about the Yankees. They stink. We don't need to hear about them. It didn't now, happen the, on air, though, Pat. This is a conversation we had during the break. What no, the hell are you talking about? I don't that, care. Oh, so, so we can't have a conversation no. during the break? I'm supposed to be antisocial. I can't talk to one of the producers during the break about a sports team. What the hell is going on? What are you talking? How are you over this? Canty, you'll learn that you can't. You got to be careful what you say in front of Pat because you know things might show up on social media, Ooh. like things of that nature. Pat is that guy. So Nuno's saying you got to be careful of Pat being a good producer. No, no. <laughs> That's what you just said, Nuno. Well, well the fair. fact that he said, no, 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 you don't have to worry about it, means that he's not in danger of being a great producer. There were three off-air conversations today that you guys tied back to the Yankees or Giants that did not start with the Yankees or Giants. All That's I'm right. saying is... Enough is enough. Well, there we two, don't need to talk about two awful teams yeah, anymore. But those are two of our favorite sports teams, and we actually have that in common. So why can't we talk about that? But the Yankees don't even want to talk about the Yankees anymore this season. It's been no, brutal. It's awful. Although we did beat the Blue Jays yesterday, it makes me feel a little bit better. Can we? Just, while yeah, we're talking does. about the Yankees, there's a guy who works here, and Smalls and I are, are new to the day-to-day operations on on the on-air side here at ESPN. But there is a, a nice guy that works here. No, he's not. He's not a nice guy. Okay, it's there's he, a guy. It's that he works. who shall not be named. There's a guy because he trolls me every single day, and he wears the hat of the team that's playing the Yankees. I never even said it. It's yes, ridiculous. There is a guy who works here that I I said to Cece, I'm like, hey, you notice that guy? Treat him like Voldemort from Harry Potter. He who shall not be named. <laughs> One day he's got. <laughs> A Blue Jays hat. The next day, he's got a Red Sox hat. The next day, he's got an Orioles hat. And I'm like, what's going on here? And CeCe literally said, he wears the hat 
of the opposing team for the Yankees, whoever they're playing in the AL East. Yeah. That can... is an amazing troll move. Yeah. That's a lifestyle. He's, he's worse than Pat Costello. I mean, the fact that he doesn't actually have to say anything and he's doing it every single day. Just the level of consistency with that one troll. It just shows how much he hates I, that I kind of respect the hating game of that. Like, that takes commitment and finances. It does take a lot of commitment, yeah. And you got to <laughs> yeah. pay for all you got to have a lot of damn hats. <laughs> I probably understand the hate game more than the two of you. I don't think I have hated anything more than the now L.A. Rams. I hate watched them religiously for years. But you know what? They won a Super Bowl. Time has passed. We've grown. We've evolved. It lessens for me now. It's not It's not the same. So you want them to go down in flames this year? Oh, yeah, of course. But so they'll if they but lose, I'm saying for if this guy, in Indianapolis this weekend, is that a sneaky tank team? They're, no, because they're, they're not sneaky because we've talked about them. I think it's kind of open. I think it's it, open? Yeah, because now they have picks. But I'm saying for this guy every day to put the hat on and wake up and the first thing he thinks of is to somehow hate this team and troll you for it, that's dedication that yeah, even I can't understand. we've got to have this guy on. we got to have this guy on the show. I don't know his name, but we got to introduce ourselves and have this guy on because he drives Canty nuts by wearing the opposing team's hat for the Yankees every day. It's the most random and amazing thing. Thanks for listening to the Unsportsmanlike podcast on ESPN Radio. You can listen to Unsportsmanlike live weekdays from 6 to 10 a.m. Eastern on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, and on Sirius XM Channel 80. You can also watch on ESPN2 and on ESPNU. Unsportsmanlike with Evan Canty and Michelle.